Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Welcome to the Pastors Matters podcast. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Joy Locke. We want to thank you for joining us again this week. We've got a, another topic that we're going to talk about that uh, relates to pastoral ministry, but not necessarily for current pastors. So what I want to talk about today, brother, is I want to talk about being in the waiting room. Maybe you're a, uh, a fresh seminary graduate and you're looking for an opportunity to lead a church, but nothing's coming up. And so you find yourself in this waiting stage. Or, or maybe you're like myself, you know, you feel called to pastoral ministry, you have that desire to lead the, the, the church uh, and to preach the word, but, but you're not actively leading that church right now. Um, I want to talk about ways that we can be productive in these uncomfortable times of waiting. What are things that we can do to better prepare ourselves for when God puts us in uh, a position of leadership? Uh, so my first question to you is, I actually want to take us back in time. Uh, so just hop aboard the, the time machine and let's, let's take a ride back to when you were in seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, what was going through your head? Did you kind of have a plan for, for what you know, the next step would be like for you? Or, or was there kind of a period of waiting? Well, there was a period of waiting uh, as we were hopping into our DeLorean and going back to the days, uh, the dark <laughs> ages, uh, long before there were things like Instagram. Uh, back in those days, uh, I was a seminary student. I, I, I was really interested in, in becoming a, a pastor. I, I sensed that the Lord was calling me uh, to that uh, particular uh, ministry. And, and that was honestly why I went into seminary. I went into seminary uh, to be trained and to uh, be equipped uh, to shepherd the flock, to teach and, and, and feed God's sheep well. Um, but I also knew, at least at that point, that, that nobody really should have me as, a, as their <laughs> pastor. Uh, for one thing, I was uh, newly married we'd only been married for a couple of years by that time uh, we had our firstborn child who was not even a year old uh, by the time we had we had started uh, in seminary and and I just knew at that stage of life I am probably not the person to be shepherding and leading God's mm. people I I needed some years of of maturity I needed some years of of um, uh, of grooming, if you will, uh, growing certainly. Uh, I I knew how to uh, how to preach. I had a love for God's word, and I had already been preaching uh, for some time uh, by by that by that time in life. Uh, but in terms of caring for souls and shepherding the flock, I knew that I needed some time for that. Uh, so one of the things that I that I worked on. During that period of time, and this is exactly what I would say to uh, anyone that's in that that waiting room period, uh, is is to remember what you must be if you are going to be a pastor. Hmm. Uh, this is the time, as you are waiting, where you should be on your face before the Lord, pleading for Him to mold you and to shape you into the kind of pastor that He requires for you to be. 
think about the qualifications. Think about 1 Timothy 3. Think about Titus 1. Think about 1 Peter 5. Uh, think about those things. That these are the qualifications for someone who aspires to the office of overseer, as 1 Timothy, 1, uh, 1 Timothy 3 says, uh, then these are qualities that should be true of you right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if they are not true of you right now, then you need to stop pursuing the office of, of the overseer. You're not ready yet. Uh, work on these qualities. So if you're married, are you, the, are you a one-woman man? You know, are you are you caring for your wife well? Are you caring for your home well? As both First Timothy and Titus would talk about managing your own household well. Uh, how's your your character? Uh, are you uh, sober minded? I, I'm, I'm thinking of First Timothy three. Are you sober minded? Are you self controlled? Are are you not a drunkard? Are you not quarrelsome? Or uh, I, I know in, in one translation will say not a brawler. You know, uh, are you someone who loves a good fight? If so, then then you need to sit for a little bit and let God soften your heart. Uh, these are things that you need to be thinking about uh, about becoming uh, if you are going to. Uh, to sit in this uh, high uh, position as a shepherd of God's people. Uh, are you greedy? Are you uh, uh, someone who, who loves to lord your power and your authority over people? Uh, or are you a servant? Uh, it could be that the waiting room is, is, is there and, and you are there in the waiting room uh, because the Lord is teaching you how to be a servant. Mm. So before you go to shepherd the flock of God, maybe the Lord's got you right now mopping floors and, and uh, uh, taking out the trash and, and things like that, cleaning toilets and, and so on. You don't realize it right now, but God's preparing you for the pastorate. Hmm. Not just because you may be in a small church where you are literally the one cleaning the toilets and mopping the floors and things like that. That could be the case. And we don't ever think that that's preparation right yeah like we, that's that's not what comes to our minds as this is preparing me to serve god's people mm -hmm. you know we think typically more of preaching and and leading small groups and, and those as being the steps but you know service is just as as much of a uh, a preparation as as preaching is yeah yeah and and if it is a ladder like people talk about climbing the corporate ladder and things like that well the pastoral uh, the pastoral ladder goes the opposite mm. direction Absolutely. Uh, you're not climbing up the ladder you're climbing down the ladder uh, to become uh, the person that God has called you to be as the shepherd so so yeah this is a preparation time uh, this is a time where the Lord uh, may be preparing you uh, internally. Uh, preparing your heart, preparing your character, uh, preparing your mindset uh, so that then you are ready when he uh, blesses you with a pastor, uh, with a pastoral position. Uh, you are ready to serve and not ready to lord. And we want to we make it clear that the waiting room is not a comfortable place to be. Mm. You know, being on uh, campus here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, sometimes it's discouraging when you're having conversations with students and you're like, you know, what, what's the next step? What, what are you going to do when you graduate? Which is the number one question you don't ask a seminary student because most of the time we don't know. But th it's always discouraging sometimes when you're talking to students and they just know. Like they know, yeah. you know, God has called me to plant a church in, you know, Seattle or, you know, Washington, D.C. And, and then they, they turn to you and they ask, well, what, what are you going to do? And you're just like, yeah, <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, it's also interesting as, as I've been here talking to different people, I've gotten – 
you know, certain bits of advice that, that kind of differ. You know, I've, I've spoken to professors and, and to pastors that uh, have said, you know, if you feel a call to the pastorate, you need to pursue that. You know, you need to be in the pulpit. That is how you learn. You know, you learn by your failures and your successes by actively doing it. Uh, but then I'll also talk to pastors and professors, one of even my own pastor that has said, you know, it, it might be best for you to wait to get some life experience, um, to learn, you know, and, and uh, observe me as I lead. Um, so you're, you're a professor here at the seminary. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you are the director of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership. Uh, if you have a student, a zealous student that kind of comes in and is, is, wants to get their feet wet, um, what do you typically tell them? Do you, do you kind of lean more to one side of it, or is it even the same thing every time? Do you kind of gauge where the student's at? Yeah, I think it is really a, a, a one-on-one thing, a case-by-case uh, situation. There may be someone where the best, that they, the best context for them to learn is in the pastorate. Uh, and God may open up that opportunity. There may be a smaller church, uh, you know, that that is perfectly fine with with somebody uh, getting there and tripping all over themselves and and making all kinds of mistakes and you know putting uh, somebody uh, down into the baptistry pool and forgetting to pull them back up. You know, there are churches that may be small enough, you know, that you can make that mistake a couple of times. Please get the guy out of the baptistry, by the way. But uh, but you know, it, it, it you may uh, have that spot and and you learn you learn how to love people. You learn how to serve. You, you, you learn that church isn't about you, but church is about the Lord and how the Lord is forming and shaping his people uh, to magnify his name in, a, in, in the community uh, and among the nations. You learn those things there. For someone else, they may need to take a, 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 you know, a job working at a gas station or, or, or take an opportunity uh, uh, working, you know, as I said before, you know, cleaning the bathrooms and, and, and so on. And that may be how God uses uh, them and how God equips them to learn how to serve and how to uh, be humble. Uh, you may have folks that will have positions where they're uh, among uh, a majority uh, of, of unbelievers, uh, and they may be the only believer in that particular context. And that may train them for a ministry that he may have for them later on, uh, where you know he's teaching his people how to be witnesses for Christ in a, uh, in a place where they're outnumbered you know, by unbelievers. In other words, you have no idea how the Lord is going to shape you. Uh, I know that I've had plenty of, I guess you could say, odd jobs. Um, you know, I've, I've worked the gas station job before. I've, uh, I, the Lord has given me an opportunity to serve at a nursing home uh, before, and I was there in the soup kitchen, uh, you know, cleaning the dishes <laughs> and so on, wondering what in the world am I doing? It just seems so far removed from, uh, from the pastorate, and yet now I can look back and I realize, no, that was exactly where I needed to be. The Lord taught me amazing lessons about people. He taught me amazing lessons about my own self and uh, and some of my tendencies, uh, whether you know sinful or not. Uh, the Lord taught me a lot about about how to talk to people and how to love uh, uh, the the unlovely, if you will, uh, love the ones uh, that that tend to be neglected uh, in our in our society and community and so on. I learned all of those things, and all of those things greatly enhanced the kind of pastor that I was 
uh, when the Lord uh, did indeed open up the door for me to shepherd God's flock. So uh, for the student that is that is coming in and they're wondering, you know, what you know, what do I do? Why is this taking so long? How come, you know, I haven't uh, had an opportunity to preach yet or I haven't had an opportunity to pastor yet? Uh, I, I, I say again, uh, don't underestimate this time in the waiting room because God is teaching you lessons and forming you and shaping you in ways that you probably would never have dreamed if you were writing the story by yourself. Think in the scriptures, um, you know, Jesus, how long did it take for Jesus before he got into his ministry? You know, it took years before he got into that position. Think about Paul, three years out in the desert. You know, think John the Baptist, the years that he had. Moses, the years that he had. David is anointed king, and then he's running for his life, you know, as a fugitive. You know, uh, Israel's most wanted, you know, going all around the town. Uh, all of them, uh, they didn't go immediately into the pastorate uh, or into the ministry that God had given them. Uh, but rather, it took time. And in that time, God was forming them and shaping them and developing them for that. That's more the norm uh, than it is the exception. And so uh, make good use of this waiting room yeah. and uh, use it well, because God may be shaping you for a lifelong ministry. That's good. And we know that desire is a noble thing. Those that, that aspire to the office of elder, overseer, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we, we run a little too quick, um, and we think that we're prepared for, for something we might not actually be prepared for. Um, and, and like we said, you know, the, 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 the waiting room is an uncomfortable place, but we can learn a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, we've talked a little bit about um, ways that we can um, prepare ourselves that might seem unconventional, you know, like washing dishes and, and doing those things. What are some things that, that, that guys like me could do now, you know, mm -hmm. um, maybe preaching, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. leading a small group, opportunities that kind of put you in a, a position where you can lead people? But it obviously is not, you know, the position of pastor. What are some things yeah. that, that we can do, and guys like me? Yeah, yeah, all of those things uh, are are helpful. You know, take a time uh, to uh, to teach a Sunday school class, or or uh, even better, take a time to uh, to teach in the nursery or teach in one of the one of the children's uh, areas. If you can make sense <laughs> to children, uh, then certainly. Uh, you are developing the skills that you need to communicate uh, to uh, to grown folks. Uh, I'd also say, uh, take time to sit under your pastor. Hmm. Learn as much as you can learn from your pastor. I understand that some of you may not be in context where your pastor uh, is is totally following uh, scripture and so forth. Uh, but there, there's even the wisdom that you can learn in that particular setting. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things that you can learn about people. There are things that you can learn about uh, about ministry. Maybe even in some cases, learn uh, what not to do <laughs> in ministry and so on. But go with a humble, teachable heart. Uh, learn as much as you possibly can. Uh, I'd say also for those who are in seminary contexts like our own here at Southeastern, uh, take the time to listen to the professors that have spent time. Uh, in the pastorate, learn from them. Learn from their uh, from their uh, successes. Learn from their mistakes. Uh, most every colleague that I have uh, that I, I know of here that has had ministry, whether uh, presently, currently in the pastorate, or they have in the past served as pastor, they're very open and honest about about what they did well and what they would probably do differently if they had the if they had another shot. Uh, listen to that. Take notes. 
because you may learn a lot uh, that will uh, that will help you, a lot of wisdom uh, that will help you as you uh, as you get ready for ministry. So yeah, take time to uh, to do uh, uh, to take the opportunities that you will get in the local church. Uh, take the opportunities to go uh, into the neighborhood if you have folks going out doing outreach things like that. Go, you know, and yeah, learn how to talk to people. You know, learn how to listen to people uh, and listen to their stories. Listen to where God. God has brought them up to this point. Any opportunities and openings where you can share the gospel into their lives. Uh, take those opportunities as much as you can and learn as much as you can from those who are or have been in ministry. Yeah. I mean, you don't need sheep to be a shepherd. I know that sounds weird, but like the heart of a shepherd's still there. Yeah, that's Whether they're point. sheep or where there's not sheep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would just add to that is to just affirm what you said is to to be involved in your communities. If you're not involved in the community you're in now doing outreach or, you know, whatever it is, do you really expect to be involved in the community where God is going to place you as a pastor? Mm. You know, um, mm. I would also just add, you know, continuing to sharpen your skills. Um, one of the biggest things for me is writing sermons and be ready. You know, you never know when God opens a door for you to preach that. Uh, and don't wait for a church to do it. You know, there's plenty of ways to uh, to reach the people around you. And so that's very helpful. I want to focus specifically on uh, guys that are waiting for churches. You know, they, 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 they are ready. Um, they may have just graduated from seminary, uh, whether it be because of this COVID-19 or a uh, crisis that's going on, or, or maybe just because they're just not finding a church. Um, what are what are some things that you would say to them to encourage them? Um, you know, because it's 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 got to be very just debilitating almost to want something so badly, to have just you know spent money on an education and and taken years of your life, moved your family up to prepare for this, and you're not able to do it. What would you say to them? Yeah, uh, for starters, uh, trust God. Hmm. Trust God. Uh, you may think that your story should go another way, and I don't know what it is with us humans that we always think that we've got the pen in our hands and we can, you know, we can edit God's story any way that we want to. Uh, but He is the sovereign one. He is the one who is in control of your life, moment by moment, uh, day by day, and He is the one who ultimately uh, determines uh, when the doors will open and when the doors. Will, will, will shut. Uh, so trust him. Uh, trust that he is good. Trust that he is wise. Trust that he is faithful. Trust that he has your best in mind. Okay, so that's the first thing. Trust God. Uh, secondly, uh, I would say love where God has placed you. Love where God has placed you. Uh, here, here's something to think. What if uh, the reason that God hasn't provided that opportunity for you yet is that there's something that he wants you to do where you are right now Mm. Uh, and so he's not going to distract you (laughs) with with uh, with another opportunity and another ministry if there's something that god wants you to do right now in the position that god has placed you Uh, there may be a co-worker who uh, who you see on a regular basis that doesn't know christ and you have been placed there to be the witness for Christ for that coworker. Uh, 
uh, devote your time and energy to being the best witness that you could be for Christ. Right. Uh, God has given you perhaps uh, a wife. He's given you children and so on. Be the best husband and father that you can be for your children right now. And if you can't lead and shepherd your family, yes. how can you yes. lead and shepherd you know, the family, you know, the church family that you're called to serve? Yes. And, and, and remember, that is a qualification uh, for an overseer. So, so devote yourself to the ministry that God has given you in the home. Devote yourself to the ministry that God has given you in your uh, in your job. Devote yourself to the ministry that God has given you in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, look at the opportunities that God has given you now. Don't covet. There's a difference between aspiring to the office of overseer and coveting the office of the overseer. Uh, don't want this position so much that you can't see all the ways that God is using you right now. Uh, take advantage of these opportunities. Use them well. Be faithful. As the Lord has said, you know, the one who is faithful uh, in a little uh, will be uh, will be given much. Uh, so, you know, think about that. You know, uh, how can I be faithful in the opportunities and the, and the moments and so on that the Lord has given me right now? So that then I could uh, develop the skills and the and and the gifts and the traits and so on that I need for what is to come. But if I'm spending too much time thinking about what is to come, I'm going to miss the opportunity to uh, to be used by God in the moment right now. So uh, so trust the Lord, uh, trust that He's got your best in mind, uh, and at the same time, love where He has you right now, mm. and do everything that you can to glorify Him in the position that He's given you. That's good. That's good. I, I was uh, talking to somebody recently who is kind of in this position. You know, they were ready to jump into a position. Uh, but because of COVID-19, things have been kind of stalled. And there was a lot of discouragement there. You know, to have everything figured out down to the smallest detail and suddenly have things change. Uh, and one of the things that I just said to encourage him, and, and it's so easy to say it, it's so hard to do it. And that's to look past the needs and look to the provider. Yeah. Uh, because we can get so caught up on the needs mm -hmm. that we focus way too much on those instead of focusing on the one that actually provides those things. Uh, so I want to ask a question uh -huh. uh, for guys that are in this waiting room. You know, the great thing about waiting rooms is they have magazines. Mm -hmm. They have things that we can entertain <laughs> ourselves with as we wait for the doctor or whoever to call us. So while we're waiting for a church, what are some things that we can read that would just shepherd our heart and benefit us greatly? Oh boy! Well, there are there are many many books that we could uh, we could refer to. Uh, I I know that books that shaped me much when I was going through uh, that the season of waiting when I was in the waiting room uh, were books like uh, John Piper's book uh, Brothers We Are Not Professionals. Mm, good uh, it's just a little it really kind of functions like a devotional uh, for uh, for pastors. It was very very helpful for me. Uh, also, uh, an, an older book uh, by Charles Spurgeon called Lectures to My Students, mm -hmm. which was focusing more so on the ministry of preaching, but he did have a lot of good things to say about pastoring. 
and, and those types of things were very formative uh, for me as I was preparing for, uh, for this calling. Uh, Paul Tripp's book, A Dangerous Calling, uh, is very good, uh, perhaps to take a little bit of the sheen off of uh, off of pastoral ministry. I think a lot of times we, as we're aspiring for the position of pastoring, we forget that it's messy, uh, and you are dealing with uh, sheep uh, who like mud and and they have sharp teeth, uh, <laughs> and you're going to get scrapes and bumps and bruises, and you're going to need a shower every day. You know, and that that's that's ministry. It's a it's a dangerous calling. Uh, if you think about Second uh, Timothy, uh, Paul is telling Timothy over and over and over again to embrace suffering. Uh, he's saying that to a pastor, a pastor of a church in Ephesus. Uh, and so uh, prepare yourself for that. Prepare yourself for what is to come there. Uh, also, uh, there, there are other books that are very helpful. Uh, D.A. Carson's book, The Cross and Christian Ministry, uh, which is really just his uh, exposition of the first couple chapters of, uh, of 1 Corinthians. That's very helpful uh, to remember that the cross uh, is, is really the, the symbol uh, that you should have in mind when you think about pastoral ministry. Uh, uh, how do you summarize pastoral ministry? Cross. Uh, that's what you should be thinking. And then also uh, by uh, Kenton Barbara Hughes, uh, Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome uh, is, is also a good one. Just to, again, uh, shape your expectations of what pastoral ministry is. It's a ministry of service. Uh, it's a ministry where you are laying down your life, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, uh, death of uh, 2 Corinthians 4, excuse me, uh, death works in us, but life in you. You are laying down your life so that others may live. Uh, and so uh, let's let's not go into the pastorate thinking that it's all celebrity and glitz and glamour and all of that, but rather you are laying down your life as the Lord did so that others may live. Yeah, great one that I would add to that, just coming off of what you said, Imperfect Pastor by Zach mm, S. Juan has been yes. fantastic and just fabulous helping you see what you're really getting yourself into. Um you know, not scaring you off, but just taking a little bit of the glamour off of what you're what you're pursuing. Um, thank you again, brother. This has been just a, a very encouraging uh, conversation, uh, and we want to encourage you that if you find yourself in this in this waiting room, just to to take heart and to um, to look for opportunities and ways to serve, because that's ultimately what the call of a pastor is to do: is to serve uh, to serve people, and so. Um, it's been a great conversation. We do want to make you very aware of two other podcasts that uh, are part of our Southeastern Initiative. Uh, there is the Scent Life podcast that is hosted by doctors uh, Scott Hildreth and Greg Mathias. Uh, this podcast deals with missiology and what it means to live a, uh, a life on mission. And then there is the uh, Christ and Culture podcast, which is host- hosted by uh, Dr. Ken Keithley. Uh, and this podcast looks more at uh, culture and Christianity and how the two uh, intersect. And so we just want to encourage you to look at these. It is our desire to be a resource to you as you lead and shepherd your flocks. Uh, Thanks again for listening. All right, and as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.